We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Ladies and gentlemen, the best podcasting backcourt in the entire world is back, baby. Lamb here, Imp here, after a one-week hiatus, back in the building somewhat. Imp, what it do, man? Bro, you know what I'm doing? The FIFA, when you score a goal? Yeah. yeah. I'm I'm doing the hype. (laughs) (laughs) What's going on, brother? It's good to chat with you. It's good to see you over the webcam. Uh, Hope all is well. Happy Wednesday. Happy hump day. Um... Really excited to jump into it. Sorry, guys, for last week. Had a little family emergency, but we are all good now. Everything is good with the fam. Uh, really excited to talk some hoops with everybody. Mm. Yeah, that's why we couldn't record last week. We, uh, I want to say we kind of mentioned it in passing at the end of the NFL show last week. Yeah. Why uh, there was no episode. But, yeah, <clears throat> for the most part, every Wednesday, uh, your boys are back. And, and sorry to cut you off, Nick, but, but to be fair, last week was literally college basketball central. Yeah. It's it's like, dude, there were, game, there were games on last week. Um, the Hornets won some crazy games last week, uh, and no one even kind of realized it because of all the March Madness that was taking, uh, taking place. Yeah, and it's funny because I, I put out a tweet saying that we couldn't link up to record because, you know, scheduling and whatnot, and, of course, the family emergency and uh, – our buddy Danny Lopriori said, "Yeah, it's called the NCAA tournament." <laughs> yeah, which is that's not true. Although it's, it sounds like a decent excuse at the moment. Yeah, and it lines up perfectly with the week it was, with that yeah. being the start of March Madness. But anyway, um, <clears throat> real quick, uh, 
a good and bad thing is about to happen right now. A good thing is Impy was right on saying that Trey Young was going to close the gap, has closed the gap. He said this about maybe episode two or three of the NBA, the VM NBA show. Yeah. Uh, so hell of a call there, Imp. The bad uh, is the bad is me and Ippy have not stopped texting each other about Luca versus Trey Young. So we figure we bring it on to the big platform, the VM NBA show. So it all started, um, at least for me, this all started when, um, what was it, Donovan Mitchell, uh, Kyle Kuzma, and I can't remember who the third was. Um, they all kind of wrote on Twitter, like it was an NBA tweet of a video of Trey Young going off. It was one of his 30 and 10 games, and I'll get into that in a second. Um, it, was video, it was Blake. It was Blake, by the way. Blake, it was, yeah, it was Blake, Donovan Mitchell. Um, yeah. And then, um, so basically, you know, they kind of do one of those quote retweets with the NBA video uh, where it was like rookie of the year. And then another one, another NBA star wrote rookie of the year. And then another NBA star wrote rookie of the year. And that's kind of how, you know, we, you and I started to kind of pick this conversation up again. Um, and yeah, like I said, what I love about it is the fact that I called it a few weeks ago and now the entire sports media world is jumping on the bandwagon. Um, Nick, if I may, uh, Luka, Doncic, Luka Doncic is definitely the rookie of the year. Uh, he's been way more consistent over the entire course of the season. But that's not to say Trey Young hasn't stole a vote or two uh, with his play post uh, with his play post All Star break. Um, uh, first uh, rookie to ever have four games with thirty points, ten assists, and five threes. Uh, he snapped Steph Curry's record from two thousand and nine, which is impressive company, and that's who his uh, NBA comparison was the entire time. So, uh, and last thing on Trey, uh, if I may, kids clutch. Um, they haven't won many games. But in the last five seconds of the fourth quarter and overtime, he's 4-6 from the field with two game winners and two game tying shots. So uh, big shot, Trey. Um, Luca's the rookie of the year without a doubt, but uh, Trey's getting some votes. Yeah, so <clears throat> I agree with everything that you're saying there. Uh, I'm totally with you. And, you know, it was something that I mentioned to you on the show a couple weeks ago as well, how we got we to gotta slow down with – selling our stock on these young guys like 30 40 games into the season right everyone kept pointing at the fact that the hawks traded out and they took trey young as opposed to taking luca and if you're a hawks fan it's not the worst thing ever no especially with how he's playing and you picked up the extra pick and you picked up the extra pick and i really like collins and trey young together I yep. think that's a nice one, too. And what's cool is they both could play together because they're not both guards. They're not both bigs that occupy the same space on the floor. But here's the issue with me. We need to stop falling into that one, two-month stretch of hype and not consider what, you know, Luke has been doing all year. For sure. This guy you know, is a, tri a guy triple-double machine. I think he tied Magic Johnson's record for triple-doubles in a rookie season or something like that. Uh, he's absolutely been more consistent over the course of the season. There's no question about it. And he is the rookie of the year to me. But Trey Young had a couple bad months. I think October was bad, and I think November was bad. Um, and then you know, you know, he picked it up over the you know over the over the last few months. So, um, like you said, let's not give up on these guys pretty early. Uh, and then, like I said, I love the fact that they picked up that extra pick because now you can kind of build out that roster. They draft Spellman, they draft Trey Young. Um, and and now they have Herder, the 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 Red Rocket, mm. um, who can shoot the lights out. So I like what Atlanta's doing. Uh, their GM comes from the the Golden State tree. Um, so you know the guy knows what he's doing out there for sure. So 
you know, a, a lot of people came out, like it mentioned some of the big names in uh in the NBA to back uh, Trey Young. I also feel like, yo, tell me not, isn't Trey Young a more exciting player than Luca? Like, isn't he more of an NBA highlight kind of player? Yeah, it's that's a tough that's because tough. of because uh, I think like all right, so what I'm he's shooting to, threes from the logo. Yeah, you know, like he's the kind of guy where like Luca, he might do a dope pass or whatnot. Like Lu- Luca's game really reminds me of like a, a like he could get twenty eight and seven like LeBron can uh, can, and it's like, damn, he had a triple double. I didn't even realize kind of game with Luca, right? But Trey Young, like we could be out at a bar and I could be like, yo, look at this, he just went four for four from three from the logo. In like three minutes, you know, and he has those like highlight splash play moments a lot more than Luca does. For sure. And he's a, and he's a sensational passer. Like you mentioned with John Collins in the pick and roll. He's a great alley passer. Uh, he's just a great passer in general. And that was that was well documented coming out of college. So this is not a surprise to uh, it's not a surprise to me. It's It could be a surprise to some people because of how slow he started. Like even in the summer league, he was chucking up threes and he and he wasn't looking good. And, and people are ready to people are ready to sell their stock on Trey Young in the summer league. And it's just like, dude, pump your brakes, like you said earlier. So uh, great, yeah, like you said, long range shooter, uh, Steph Curry range, logo range, and he's a great passer, highlight passer, uh, really fun to watch. Uh, Luca's a great passer too, though. So that's tough. But I, th- I guess the three point kind of marksman that long range dead eye thing is uh takes the cake for Trey Young in my opinion so I'm with you on that yo and also <clears throat> we need to chill with the comparisons to Steph because like <clears throat> Steph Curry is like gonna end up as a top 15 player of all time so that's super high praise with with uh Trey Young and also one thing one thing a comparison that I do like between the two of them imp if you look at the numbers of Steph Curry through his first 50 games in the NBA and Trey Young's, yo, it's a spitting image of one another. Yeah, and and so like, look, man, I would never call Trey Young Steph Curry, but that's the game. That's the game that he's mirrored to. So, and look, I brought up the stat, you know, and, and I'll say it again: first rookie uh, to ever have four games with over 30 points, 10 dimes, and five threes. He snapped Steph Curry's record from 10 years ago. So, like you said, those their stats are spinning images, and he just broke his streak. So. Look, am I, am I crowning the kid? Not at all, but I like what I like what he's doing so far, and I like that he's kind of picked it up over the second half of the season. And and if the award is if the award went to the guy who looked the best after the All Star break, it'd go to Trey Young. But it's a season long award, and Luca has definitely been more consistent and has looked better. Um, you know, f- uh, you know, grand scheme of things. Yeah, before we move on to the Luca love, because we haven't really shown him enough love, because you know you brought up some statistics, and there's a lot that are backing Luca's. One last thing on Trey Young, man, I'm happy that he turned it around because he was getting way too much heat. That's summer league. I'm a fan of summer league imp, and I think one of the reasons why is because I'm a little biased. When I was in Vegas recently, well, last time I was in Vegas, it was during NBA summer league, and it was dope. Like the vibe is sick. So many, so many NBA players go, even if they're not playing in summer league. Just because, like, they go and they support their teams. And, look, mm-hmm. it's like a crazy. It's another excuse to go to Vegas. But Trey Young had a really, really bad summer league. And, yo, it seemed like he figured it out after that 50-game mark. Like, yo, that that number 50 is a really relevant number in the NBA. If you look at all these young guys, like, yo, go look, look at Paul George's first 50 games in the league. Go look at Kawhi Leonard. Dude, the knock on Kawhi was that he couldn't shoot anywhere. And now he's one of the better, like, mid-range shooters in the whole league. 
And, and sorry to cut you off, Nick, but one thing what I what I just kind of realized is typically college players when they go into the NBA rookies they kind of hit a wall after X amount of games because they're not used to playing 82 games in a regular season. And this guy kind of turned it around at that 50 game point. So that shows me that he's working on his conditioning. He's working on you know all of those kind of physical attributes that you need to kind of be an NBA star. And and it's not traditional because most guys usually kind of fizzle out in their rookie season because they're just not used to they're not used to the volume yeah you guys can't see it right now i'm also pointing to the head right like to like the brain he also figured it out dude these guys you got to remember with the college kids i don't think they play back-to-backs i don't think they play three games in four nights that's another thing you got to get adjusted to yep so all right we, we talked a lot about trey young but in the Doncic versus young debate uh in every statistical category, Luca's better, with the exception being assist percentage. So, points per game, um, usage rate, which is probably one of my favorites. Yep. Uh, there's a new analytic state uh, stat imp that was debuted at the Sloan Conference. You ever heard about you, the Sloan Conference? You've wanted to go so bad. I think we have to go next year. Man, that is a bucket list of mine. I would love to go there. Guys, if you're not familiar with the Sloan Conference, it is. Uh, it was created by a, a bunch of M- MIT graduates, and it is the number one conference in the whole world when it comes to uh, new analytics, uh, new betting, um, uh, betting rules and regulations usually get revealed there. It's... Uh, the cream of the crop when it comes to sports betting analytics. Um, a lot, you know, Daryl Morey always is a keynote speaker there. Adam Silver. Uh, it is it is definitely something that I would, you know, be fascinated to attend one day. And the new thing that they've presented Imp, is not just usage rate, clutch usage rate. In the last four minutes of games, what is your usage rate? Luca has the highest amongst rookies. It's nine points higher than Trey Young's. To put in perspective, James Harden leads the league in clutch usage rate, 48%. (laughs) Meaning, for every two possessions the Rockets have under four minutes, he has the ball in one of them, which is rightfully so. I thought it'd be higher. Yeah, yeah. But but it's it's still fascinating. So the gap between Harden and Damian Lillard, which is one, two, is similar to Luca's and Trey Young's. So if you envision how much Harden has the ball at the end of games, that's how it is with Luca, yeah. right? And they've both had signature moments, man. I feel like the NBA MVP and the Rookie of the Year, you need to have that like signature moment, right? Yeah. Uh, Giannis a couple of weeks ago, fifty-two points against Boston, right? Uh, I believe he's had two fifty-point games. Just a model of consistency. Luca had that dunk against the Nuggets to to you know the game winner. Yeah. That's like a highlight play kind of dunk. Um, points per game amongst rookies, they're one two. Assist per game, actually Trey Young with more assist, uh, one two. Um, usage rate one two. So look, it's gonna be one of those things where I, I know a lot of people don't like ties. It wouldn't be outrageous if they tied, but I think it would be outrageous if they tied because I think Luca, over the whole season, has been able to. Yeah, be a more consistent player. And look, let's not forget, Luca also benefited from playing in Europe because he played against professionals. Yeah. And it goes a long way. Like, there's a lot of guys that Trey Young played against that are like real estate agents, police officers, nothing against them. But it's like, yo, Luca was going up against professional athletes. A lot of guys that were 
they got driven out of the NBA and are over there now. You know what I'm saying? So it's like he was balling against good dudes. And yeah. the EuroLeague is legit. And he played for Real Madrid, EuroLeague MVP at 18 years old. So, yeah. Just really quickly, it's just you could tell that the sport of basketball or, or, or the NBA, I guess, you know, is in a good spot when, you know, there's really good kind of competition for these specific awards. Oh, yeah, without a doubt. Without a doubt. And and the fact that he, he closed the gap, you know, l- let's let's throw in some betting, right, at the All-Star break. To win $100 on Luka, to win Rookie of the Year, you have to put 10K. What? So you would have to go to the window at a sports book and say, I want to win $100 on Luka Doncic to win Rookie of the Year. They'd be like, all right, $10,000 wins you 100 Now, it is minus 800 Ooh. So $800 wins you 100 The gap has closed, but he's still an overwhelming favorite. But that, that goes to show you how much of a gap Trey Young has closed, too. For sure. Uh, how about this one? little curveball. Who would you want? You're, you're building a franchise right now, and you have the number one pick. You can only pick these two. This is your player pool. You can I, have either I, Trey Young or Luka. So I, I want Luka, obviously. Um, um, I, w- I want Luca. However, and I throw you a curveball. Uh oh. Yeah, let's do it. Is it only Luca and Trey Young, or could it be the like? Could it be the Hawks situation? Because I'd rather have Trey Young and that extra first round pick, which will, which is right now the number six pick in the draft. I don't know if that changes it at all, but what I'm trying to explain to you is if it's one or the other, I'd take Luka. But if it's the scenario that the mm-hmm. Hawks and the Mavs were presented with, I'm taking the Hawks scenario where you got Trey Young and you got the Mavs first round pick. Okay. Very fair. Spectacular point. Now I'm going to throw you an off-speed pitch. We're just throwing each other curveballs back yeah. and forth. Yeah, because what if Porzingis is healthy, man? No, I, I, look, I – my logic here, and this was the same exact logic that I, I the, the the Atlanta Hawks GM, the, his name is falling out of my brain. I apologize. I'll tweet it out after. But his logic was, I'd rather have two top ten, two top five players than one. And like, yo, I feel him. Travis Schlenick. Schlenick. Yes. Almost positive. I'm 99% sure he came from the Golden State uh, uh, GM uh, office. He did, yeah. Assistant general manager of the Golden State Warriors um, prior to uh, his run in Atlanta. Yep. Yep. I I love it. I love it. I love what he did. And and now it, you know, a, a few weeks ago, a few weeks ago, a few months ago, he's getting you know shit on on Twitter. You know, the Hawks are. Oh my God, can you imagine being? You know, can you imagine being the Hawks and, and having to watch Luca every single season? It's like yeah, but. Now Trey Young is showing out, and they can have a top five pick. The Mavericks keep losing. The Mavericks are losing, losing, losing. That pick can be even be a top five pick. So now they can have two top five picks in this year's draft. So I'm just saying, man, that scenario is, is very enticing and interesting. Yeah, that's a hell of a point, man. But I, I just think, like, you know, I, I'm, I'm pulling up their roster right now, and it's, uh, you know, you look at the Mavericks, right? So we got... Let's just say they're starting five going forward, right? You would say it is uh, Luca, obviously. Throw in Porzingis when he gets healthy. Um, we could throw in... Um, Yo, I don't know where Jalen Brunson's going to play, but ever since 
Jalen Brunson's been playing really well. A uh, kid from Villanova. He's a senior. He played all four years at Villanova. Um, uh, hits big time shots. He kind of was that floor general for uh, for Villanova. Uh, he's been playing really well as of late. Um, so you know, I definitely kind of throw Jalen Brunson into that conversation as well. So as I look at their roster, I feel like their one-two punch I would take over the Hawks. But yo, the Hawks potential like starting five say you throw in say you throw in who's going at like the sixth pick is it like uh hunter like a deandre hunter like maybe a cam reddish if he falls or uh a lot of couple guys uh the kid from gonzaga hachimura uh kobe white from north carolina uh, a point guard shooting guard so so i feel like the roster for the hawks i would take if you throw in that guy in there and then you got like young you got spellman that you mentioned John Collins. You herder. got Collins, Herder, who's like an NBA League Pass fan. Like, if you're if you're an NBA League Pass guy, you know about Herder, right? Yeah. Like, the Hawks aren't on TV much, but he's a guy that you, you, you see and you're like, oh, shit, you know what? That kid could ball. He could play. You know, Dwayne Denman on the glass. Not terrible. No. Right? Not terrible. He gets boards and whatnot. And Bazemore is that grizzled vet. Who, yeah. goddamn, eighteen million against the cap, twenty two next year. <laughs> and and really quickly, and now I'm looking at the mo- and I'm looking at a twenty nineteen mock draft. Atlanta has the fifth pick in the draft, the sixth pick in the draft, the thirty fifth pick in the draft, the fortieth pick in the draft, and the forty second pick in the draft. So they have five picks in the first forty two picks overall. Mm-hmm. So like you said, it could be, you know, it could be a, a it's a it's a the strength in numbers situation. So. You know, kind of going back to what you you know your 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 original question. If it's Luca and and Trey, give me Luca. But if it's the scenario, the entire package, give me what the Hawks got, without a doubt. Yeah, that's hard. That's hard to di- disagree with for sure. Um, all right, Imp, you got a question for shoot around before we get yes. into our main segment? Yeah, uh, everybody, uh, if you'd like to be featured on the VMNBA show uh, for the shoot around segment, do not hesitate to tweet at us with the hashtag VMShootaround. Uh, second question from Free Wave Junior out in Chicago. That's my guy. Um, How much has he paid you to get these questions? Because I know the DMs are open. Is Venmo open? DMs are open. Venmo is not open. But Damn. <laughs> uh, ah, homie's on point. Uh, funny kid on Twitter. I love him. Um, and he's out in Chicago. Uh, and so his question was, are the Clippers and Nets in a position to steal the shine from their sister teams, their sister teams being the Lakers and the New York Knicks? Um if I may kind of start this off, Nick, um, one thing about the Nets and the Clippers um, that I think people fail to realize is the Clippers just clinched. Yes, last night, to be exact. And I think the Nets are going to make the playoffs. So, how often is there a scenario where you have a playoff team that has the space for not one but two max free agents? The Clippers definitely have a path to two max free agents. The Nets have one, and they can get creative and make a spot for a second max free agent. And so I'm just kind of impressed with with, with with just that. The fact that they have playoff rosters already, and they are still kind of you know in the runnings for two max free agents. Um, love the front offices of both the Nets and the Clippers. Um, obviously great head coaches in, 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 in Kenny A and Doc Rivers. The Nets are the, the Clippers are starting pretty much like two to three rookies at night sometimes, mm-hmm. uh, and it's sensational. So, really impressed with what they're doing. Um, are they going to steal some shine? I'm not sure. Kawhi could probably go to the Clippers with another piece. 
I don't know if anyone's going to the Nets, so we'll see. I'm just impressed. I guess my rant is over. I'm just really impressed with what both, both of those teams are doing. Yeah, it's it's hard not to be impressed with that, especially when expectations were low, right? Like Clippers, you know, it Doc Rivers. To, Clippers were supposed to tank this season. Yeah, and especially when they made the trade. They got rid of their best player, arguably, uh, Tobias Harris, in the deal when he got shipped over to uh, the 76ers. And we were saying how, you know, when we did that episode with Marco way back, um, he was uh, either in our top 15 at the time or was our number one pick for being snubbed and not in the top 15. You know, Tobias Harris was having a career year. Here's the thing. As far as, like, taking the spotlight from those teams, it's a it's a legacy nostalgia factor that you have to factor in when you're talking about the Lakers and the Knicks. One completely different from the other. Let's look at the Knicks, for example. They haven't won a championship in almost 50 years. They haven't been good with the exception of that one mellow Jason Kidd, uh, Tyson Chandler year. They've been the laughing stock of the league since the new millennium we're going on 20 years that they've been bad yep right so that's just a legacy thing it's like all right they were the only team in new york they're the new york knicks the mecca we know the home of basketball we get all that right people love playing in the garden so there's a there's the wow there's the symbolic factor of the new york knicks shift over to the lakers this is the worst five-year period the lakers have ever had as a franchise yep. just saying a lot because they have some like 31 seasons in there but they also have 17s and 21s. They've also won the most. It's it's them or the Celtics. Uh, it's one or the other have won the most NBA championships in the whole league. And they've had the most NBA finals appearances. So they're always going to be number one in their town. It's, it's you know, we're us two are Met fans. It was kind of ridiculous when the Mets went on that run two, three years ago where they were in the World Series or, you know, they, they, they made it to the wild card and whatnot. It was like World Series wild card. Or it was like World Series wild card, World Series, or whatever it was. Yeah, and it was like it was like, look, the they've captured some hearts, but they haven't captured the city. Same thing with the Jets, right? Like, the Jets, maybe fifteen years from now, things could change, but it's like it's still gonna be a Giants town. Yeah, it's, the the Mets will always be the Yankees' little brother, and the Clippers will always be the Lakers' little brother. It's just kind of the way it'll go. So you mentioned something though about the Clippers, man, and. When all this stuff was going on about, um, you know, Trey Young and Luca, Pat Beverly. Sorry, there's some music right playing now. right now. Um, I, I opened up uh, SGA's uh, stats and, and box score because Pat Ber- Beverly came out and said, "Yo, everyone's talking about rookies and shit. Like, no one's talking about the rookies that the the Lakers are throwing. Uh, the, sorry, the Clippers are throwing out there, right?" Landry S. Landry Shamit. Uh, Who came over in the Tobias Harris deal. Tobias Harris trade, yep. Uh, Shy Gil... I'm, I, I don't want to butcher his name. So SGA, SGA. SGA for sure, yeah, without a doubt. Uh, and then two studs off the bench. Lou Williams, Montrez Harrell. Um, so, so, some people are calling for a joint six-man of the year award. Mm. 50-50 split. Um, I, I, obviously, that's a stretch. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. Kind of, but even the fact that Montrezl Harrell's even in the conversation um, with Lou Williams, who's averaging what over twenty points a game, uh, and is finishing games, you know, it's it's impressive. It's impressive to see what the the Clippers and Doc Rivers have done, without a doubt. And would you say that both the Nets and the Clippers are kind of doing this without a superstar? Like they have stars. Yes. No. But they don't have a. The Clippers do not have a star. The Clippers don't have a star. I mean, you can say Lou Williams is a star, but I don't. 
It's, it's I, hard. It's hard to be a star when you're off the bench. Yeah, I don't. I, I don't think the Clippers have a star. That's fair. I don't. And, 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 and let's, like, have, let's have D'Angelo Russell. Yeah. Who to me is a star. He's not a superstar, but he's a star. Twenty points a game guy. Of you know, uh, injury substitution in the All Star game, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so Nets have a star, dude. Speaking of free agents, it would be cool if somehow the Nets could kind of figure out a way to land Julius Randle because then it would be funny to see the Julius Randle, uh, D'Angelo Russell kind of V two. Uh, you know, didn't work out, didn't materialize in Lakerland, but would be funny to see them two pair up on the Brooklyn Nets. So that's uh, that's my take. The man, both of these teams definitely surpass expectations. They both uh, went over their win total in Vegas. I don't know if you saw the clip, but you know, uh, Doc Rivers said, you know, Vegas had us at 33 wins, Barkley had us at 33 wins. So it's nice to see a little uh, degenerates. Uh, a degening being mentioned in a post-game locker room celebration. It's um, what's it called? Poster board material. What's it called? Uh, clip. Uh, clipboard. Clipboard material. Cl- yeah. Clipboard material. That's yeah. what it is. Oh, how about this one? Uh, I asked you a question of you know what would you rather have, Luca or Trey Young going forward? Which uh, which situation would you rather have? Because you did mention that both the Nets and the Clippers are kind of in a similar spot. Both have. Potentially, if they maneuver things around, can have yeah. room for two max players. Big Cl- markets. Clippers definitely have the space for two max free agents. That's already a lock. The Nets have to get a little creative with with what they do, um, and that all depends on if they're going to resign D'Angelo Russell or not. Um, but nonetheless, they have the ability. They they definitely have the ability to you know make some moves and 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 get to that two uh, uh, max free agent slots. But I'd rather be the Clippers. I think. Um, just because it's a guarantee, you have the two max free agents. Um, there's already rumblings that Kawhi is pretty much signed, sealed, and delivered to the Clippers. Although you never really know until you know, it you happens. know, it's it happens. Um, I just think I'd rather be the Clippers. They have a lot of young talent. Um, but so do the Nets, though. And I feel like I'm also thinking about it as which path do you think is easier to get it to a conference finals? You want to go through the West? Well, or would you rather go through the Nets, the East? I love you, kid. That's a different conversation. You asked me which which situation would I rather have, not which team would I rather be. Uh, yeah, but uh, I'm also factoring in, like, the conference has to play a role in it. Yeah, but uh, okay. And if that's the case, then obviously it's the Nets just because of an easier Eastern Conference. But um, Roster-wise, you would rather be the Clippers, especially with the cap space, because that's more – it's more definitive that they could go and get two max guys as opposed to the Nets have to do some shit. And also, yo, like they, they got to decide what they're going to do with D'Lo. That's another thing. You know? So that that's something you got to factor in as well. Yeah. Uh, Doc, both both coaches could be coach of the year candidates, but I I think my, my vote goes to Nate McMillan. Um, yeah. Out, out in Indiana because they keep winning and I keep surprising everybody uh, with that take. Um, but really quickly, Clippers have uh, Clippers have won. Um, the Clippers are 10 and one in March and they've won 11 of their last 12. Um, I have a quote here from Patrick Beverly. Um, we own some shit. That's what he said. Uh, uh, and yes, they are definitely on some shit. So just so impressed. Yeah. The Clippers have lost once in the last 24 days. Um, Clippers could win 50 games with that roster. It's, it's, it's tough to argue against doc, but slightly to Nate losing their, I mean, the Clippers lost their best player too. 
Yeah, but I think like that was by choice though. They they chose to give up yeah. Tobias Harris for like Oladipo went down. Dude, imagine if Oladipo was healthy some with this roster the way they're playing. Yeah, because like because you know, realistically, yeah. man, there's there's four teams that could come out the East. I'm I'm not putting as well as the Pacers have been playing. I don't think they could represent the East in the NBA Finals. Not at all. If Oladipo was there. Especially coming off the year they had last year, where they yeah. took the Cavs to seven. Which, by the way, your boy was all over that. I was like, "Yo, if you watch them, they were three and one against the Cavs last year. Uh, three of those four games, LeBron and Love and Kyrie all played in it, and they were just a matchup nightmare for them. Like uh, Turner absolutely dominated them on the on the glass. Sabonis dominated them too, and Oladipo took that next step, became an All NBA guy. I wish he was healthy, son, because this team also, if he was healthy, imp, I think they could have been flirting with like a two seed. Yeah, no, they they play hard and they play defense, and that's not always the case in the NBA these days. So, yeah, kudos to Nate McMillan, who you know everyone had them, you know, no one had them fourth in the East. Yeah, people, especially had them after, after after the injury. The injury. I mean, yeah. I called you crazy. I was like, yo, there's no way this team is gonna be able to sustain this, but they're playing well, man. They're gelling together. So, yeah. hats off to Nate McMillan and the Pacers. Yo, last thing before we move on to this next thing. Uh, I hope we get Rockets Clippers, man, first round. That'd be like the best matchup of the entire playoffs. Also, you know, we, we talked about this a couple weeks ago, how, you know, you got the beef between the two sides. You got a lot of guys that have played on both teams. And it, 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 it's just it, that would be like a seven game series where whoever prevails is definitely going to be feeling the side effects of that series. Yes. All right, before we get into this next featured statement, uh, segment, excuse me, uh, let's uh, take a moment to uh, plug away and tell you guys about some stuff that's going on. Tim and Boss dropped the MLB preview show. The season is upon us. Opening day is tomorrow, Thursday, March 28th. So definitely check that out. Um, also, Boss and our buddy Alan Sterk dropped the Sweet 16 preview. The madness continues this weekend, so definitely go check those two episodes out. Leave a rate and review on iTunes. It goes a long way to building the podcast. And if you haven't subscribed already, please do so. It is free. What isn't free but is a tremendous help, Imp, as I am absolutely crushing this right now, visit patreon.com slash veteransminimum. If you want to help support the show, um, any little bit helps. We do provide a lot of extra content for you guys. Um, a lot of people are enjoying. We had a stadium food debate. We did a Sweet 16 bracket. Uh, we've done a top chicken 20. Fingers. I think Chicken Fingers and Fries won. Yeah, yeah. We did a top 25, under 25 athletes too. You get bonus content. There's a Discord where you can chat with us privately um, and, and talk to others in the community that we've built and whatnot. So definitely check that out. Patreon.com slash Veterans Minimum. And we have the NFL show coming up later this week as well. So. With all that being said, you can also find me at The Lamb Show, and Impy is at I-M-P-Y-718. You already know. And our social medias for the show are at Veterans Minimum. Yes, sir. All right. I'm excited for this next segment. Introduce it. Tell the people what we're doing here. We are going to do – well, hold on. Um, if Unless you've been lo- living under a rock, um, you damn well know that we are in the middle of March Madness. Um and what I love about March Madness is you get to take a peek at um, tomorrow's NBA superstars. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, us being Knicks fans, um, we're probably <laughs> going to have a top three pick. So, you know, our eyes are glued to the TV a bit more these days, especially during March. 
Um, and so what we're going to do is we're going to kind of give our own twist on some NBA player comparisons for, you know, top five, top six guys going in the NBA draft. Um, you know, uh, so quickly I'll run down the names of the players that we are going to, um, you know, showcase and give our player comps. Um, Zion Williamson out of Duke, John Morant, Murray State, RJ Barrett, Duke, Cam Reddish, Duke, uh, Jarrett Culliver, Texas Tech, and DeAndre Hunter, Virginia. Um, super excited because, you know, I've, I've been doing my homework on these guys for quite some time, you know, as mentioned, because the Knicks, you know, we knew they were going to suck for a pretty, pretty long, pretty damn long time. <laughs> the pain in your face. <laughs> I feel you, brother. Uh, also, we got to, we got to add this wrinkle too. Um, we're going to do this like a draft. So what we mean by this is Impy's going to lead us off with Zion. The guy Impy picks, I can't pick him for Zion. So basically, we're not going to be able to agree on on the guys, though there is one name that I had some trouble with, and then we ended up settling on the same one. We'll get to. But So if Impy picks someone for Zion, I can't pick that same player. You should go first. You go first on Zion. I'll go first on John Morant, and then we'll we'll go like that. All right, let's start this one off. Zion Williams, Williamson. I know, but you saw Paul Pierce call him. He tweeted Zion Williams, and people were giving him shit for it. Paul Pierce is not exactly the most polished NBA broadcaster, but I like what he brings to the table in regards to just like Hall of Famer with tons of kind of invaluable knowledge that not everyone has. That's kind of what he's at. You know, that's what he does. Yeah, the truth. The one truth. of the, one of one of the hardest nicknames of all time, too. Yeah, for sure. All right, so Zion Williamson, right? And I, and as we're going through this, guys, give us some feedback. And I, I want to, you know, Zion. He's he's minus fifteen thousand to be the number one pick, meaning fifteen k wins you a hundred dollars. Um, so basically, he's locked in. Uh, I think even if he was to God forbid, knock on wood, get hurt, he'd still be the number one pick. It'd be a Blake Griffin kind of thing, mm. right? That is yeah. my NBA comparison. Blake Griffin with a cross of a little bit of Draymond Green. Like, okay. So so both are f- freaks athletically, the, the Zion Blake thing, but I think he's undersized for a big and oversized for a guard like Draymond is. Now, my question to you, Imp, and then I'll continue mine, is if I was to tell you right now, 10 years from now, Zion is going to turn out to be exactly what Blake Griffin is or has been in his career without the injuries. Would would that validate him being the number one pick? Yeah. I think I so, think, too. I think Blake Griffin's an all-NBA player this year. All-NBA third team, but nonetheless, Blake Griffin's definitely an all-NBA player this season. Um you know, definitely showing a lot, uh, showing what he can do being the leading guy in Detroit uh, under Dwayne Casey. But, um, yeah, you said minus the injuries. That was kind of the only knock on Blake Griffin was the injuries because he's kind of developed into what I like to call a five-tool player in basketball. He obviously can show you those highlight dunks. He, uh, he can obviously kind of, you know, post you up and, and hit you hit the mid-range. He's also a great passer now, and he's kind of developed a three-point shot. So he can score at all three levels of the court. Um I love Blake Griffin's game, and if Zion turned into Blake Griffin, no one should be able to complain. And also, you know, Zion sees the floor really well. I think that Draymond Green does also. Yeah. Um, you know, the Blake and Zion thing is more of the athleticism, where yeah. I think I think Zion's game 
might be closer to Draymond's than it would be Blake's. Look, Zion can't shoot for shit, but no kid can. That's 18 years old. You know, earlier we were talking about Kawhi Leonard couldn't shoot. Um, dude, LeBron didn't really master his jump shot until like his fourth year in the league, and then they went to the NBA Finals. So it's like, yo, these kids come in, and they're not going to shoot 50% yeah. from the field. They're just not to. So my comparison is a little bit of Blake. Actually, a lot of bit of bit of Blake, a lot of bit of Blake, uh, athletically, and then game wise, I see Draymond Green. What I love about Zion, look, we know about the freaky athleticism, but what I love about Zion is actually he's an underrated passer. You kind of mentioned, you know, that 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 Draymond, you know, style, uh, underrated passer, and he's he really gives a lot of effort on defense. Um, he scores twenty, he's scoring twenty a game at Duke, averaging ten boards, but look, two blocks as kind of an undersized big in a tough ACC um, undersized big or oversized wing. However you want to slice it. Uh, I, and like you said, I think his shooting will improve at the next level. Um, and then what I love is the fact that he's not afraid to take the big shot uh, game against UCF last weekend, this weekend that just passed uh, down three uh, takes it to the cup and one against taco um, hits the free throw. Um, not afraid of the bright lights in the big stage. My comparison is a better version of Larry Johnson, grandma, uh, former Nick and Hornet star. Um, for those of you who don't know, was the rookie of the year in the 90s, multiple all-star, um, and he was also in Space Jam. So my comparison is like a better version of Larry Johnson. Slam Larry Johnson and his grandmama. All right. <laughs> I like go. that. Shout it. out to Biggie. Um, yeah, man, look, Larry Johnson uh, – Number no one slouch. pick also in 1991 to the Hornets. Yeah, he threw up the L. One of the more iconic NBA playoff moments of all time when he hit the four-point shot. Yep. So, yeah, look, that's not bad. Everyone wants the number one pick to turn into a top three player of all time. It doesn't happen. So sometimes you got to settle for a guy just being an NBA lifer, a guy who is a cornerstone of your franchise. To me, I think that's a success right there. So yeah, give us your NBA player comp for – one Ja Morant. There we go. All right. So, uh, kid out of Murray State actually played AAU with um, Zion. One thing that I love about uh, Ja Morant is, is actually his father came out and said, you know, he could have played at a couple of bigger schools, um, but he went to the school that wanted him the most. And, and a lot of times, these high school kids go to the schools that they want to go to really badly, and they don't take into consideration the teams that really want them badly. Mm -hmm. uh, and so I thought that was a great story um, because, look, the kid is going to be the surefire number two pick in the draft without a doubt. So um, sometimes, you know, for those of you, you know, athletes out there, if you ever, if you do have the opportunity to kind of, you know, if you have the, if you have, you know, the ability to pick where you're going to go to school and you have multiple offers, you know, consider the, consider the place that wants you really badly rather than the place that you want to go to. But look, um, small school point guard. My NBA comparison is Dame Lillard. Um, the reason I love, um, small school point guards just because they remind me of school, small school quarterbacks. Um, not much around them, but still shows tons of flashes. Single-handedly carried his team, Murray State, to the second round of the NCAA title, uh, tournament. Um, great in a pick and roll, which is super duper duper important in today's NBA. Mm -hmm. um, if you're a point guard and you can't run a pick and roll, um, you're at a, a big disadvantage. And this kid will probably step into the NBA and be one of the better pick and roll guards you know, in the league. Great passer, visions off the charts. Get you buckets, get you assists. He, went, I think he hit like four straight threes uh, in that second round game. Uh, so I see a lot of Dame Dalla, uh, Dame Lillard, and John Morant's game without a doubt. 
Yeah, I, I love the comparison of them two coming from smaller schools. Uh, look, if you're talented, they'll find you. That's yep. really what it comes down to. Um, yeah, uh, the thing you also said about small school quarterbacks, when you're not playing with you know five-star recruits all over, and you elevate the team and you take them to bowl games and whatnot, I think that says a lot about you. For me, I'm going with a he's a he's a way better shooter than this guy, but I like his explosiveness and the fact that he averaged double-digit assists. This year, I'm going with John Wall. That's awesome. Um, Court general, uh, the spacing, you said the pick and roll. Obviously, you need that. Uh, Two two steals per game. John Wall has led the league in steals many times. He can't shoot that well from three despite getting hot. You know, 32% shooter from three. Uh, John Wall can't really shoot from three, but they're tremendous in the mid-range. And look, if you get to the elbow, I think that's where you could live as a point guard. You see a lot of point guards play for a long time just by hitting that 16 to 20 footer and i think he could do that so for me i, I love the dame lillard comparison i would have said dame lillard if you didn't pick him nice. uh just to be different i do see a lot of john wall in him and look i, I also want to push back on someone because uh someone on twitter came at me and was like yo uh you finally gave respect to john wall and i was like i don't hate john wall's game i just wouldn't have paid him all that money and in hindsight it's easy to say that now too but it's like yo with the injury also the injury history with him that's a lot of money to be dishing out to one guy you know so yeah i do like that comparison imp a lot uh all right rj barrett this might be a little bit of a hot take but mine's hot too so don't worry about it all right so i'm i'm going with james harden i look I have a different comparison, and, and I'll get to mine later, but I was flip-flopping between James Harden and Trey Ed, Oops, sorry, I almost said it. But you picked Harden, so I had to go somewhere else. So I'm with you on your comparison, and I'll give you mine when you're done. Yeah, I love it. I love it. I love the James Harden comparison. So 20 points per game at Duke. Uh, gets a little gun crazy. <laughs> like. Yeah. Take some take some bad shots sometimes. Some bad shots. He uh, kind of forgets that there's another guy on the floor that can, you know, shoulder the load i.e. chris paul a lot of times with james harden um he's he's good enough to score and be effective and like you know he's six seven 200 pounds i think he, he's the ideal uh three and d guy um if he can improve a little bit um from his uh defensively a little bit i think i think the way duke plays different uh defense kind of covers up a lot of their flaws so collectively they're a good defensive team but yeah. like individually one helps out the other which isn't a bad thing yo like You've seen the Milwaukee Bucks have been able to take the next step defensively because they just have a lot of guys that are long and they cover up a lot of passing lanes. You know, when you have guys like Bledsoe and Giannis out there and Middleton with these long-ass arms, you cover up the lane. So that's what I see in R.J. Barrett with with, uh, with James Harden. And you know what? He's he's very aggressive. He loves to get to the he loves to get to the cup. So yeah, that's it's funny that that's the exact line I have. What I love about RJ's game is he does a really really good job of drawing contact when he gets to the cup, a lot like James Harden, um, and he's really creative at the cup too. Um, and that's literally what James Harden's game is when he gets to the cup is that creativity. Solid mid range guy. Uh, he's shown the floater a bit, um, and 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 kind of similar to John Moran, he's really good at the pick and roll. Um, P- rumblings out of you know out of kind of the scouting circles are that he's one of the he's one of the few guys that kind of comes as a complete package on the offensive side of the ball, which is really imp- impressive. He's got that lefty stroke, good handle, um, good passer, um, kind of like a point forward because he's kind of mm-hmm. an oversized guard, um, good feel and, and 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 you know good court vision. 
my comparisons, high praise and slightly, you know, on the scoring side, but it's Tracy McGrady in the sense of that, you know, oversized guard, um, you know, who knows what RJ can develop into. He's kind of been on everyone's radar for a really long time. He's, you know, he came out of Canada. Um, but yeah, I like the Tracy McGrady comparison, at least when it gets to kind of like that scoring ability. I think RJ could be a better playmaker than Tracy McGrady on the passing side of the ball. But at least when it comes to getting to the cup in a mid-range game, uh, I like I like the Tracy McGrady comparison. Damn, T-Max. And I still have a pair of T-Max. Uh, Which I ones? What color? They're the white and blue ones. I had the black and blue ones. Yeah. Yo, my favorite. Dope. Growing up, that was my guy, man. That was my favorite basketball player. And to this day, I think the most fascinating thing I've seen in an NBA game, I remember one of my first sports memories, Imp, the TNT game against the Spurs dropped 13 points in like 32 seconds or whatever it was. It was absolutely ridiculous. Shout out to T-Mac. Did, and then they had the cool commercial for it after, right? Yeah, T-Mac was the truth, man. Got snake bit by injuries and also like bad, bad management. Also, you know what? A lot of times it wasn't even him that got injured. It was like Yao Ming went down that one year when the Rockets. Remember they banged out like 22 in a row? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they were one of the better teams in the West, man. And they just got, like, snake bit over there. Yeah. But, uh, all right, who we got next up over there on the list? Cam Reddish, one of the most intriguing uh, draft prospects, in my opinion. Big shot Cam. That's what I like to call him. We all know that game winner he hit against Florida State earlier in the uh, NCAA season. Uh, 6'9", guard, uh, over 7-foot wingspan. Um, vision like a guard, man. Vision like a point guard. Um this is another guy that people say has tons of skills on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, and another guy that's been in the system for a real long time. He's been uh, on team USA basketball since he's been, since 15, since he's been 15 started slow, picked it up as of late. Um, this is another guy that can score at all three levels. He can get you in the paint. He can get you at the mid range and he can hit you at the three. Um, the one thing to think about is he's playing with arguably two of the best players in college basketball. Uh, in Zion and R.J. Barrett. So scouts are saying that the fact that he's had to share the wealth with two of the better players in the league has actually improved his ability to play off ball. Mm. And when he gets into the league, he will not be the primary scorer on his team. He will become a role player. So um, a lot of people are saying that him being the third option on Duke has actually been a benefit um, because if he was on any other team, he'd literally he'd be the go-to guy. He'd be the number one scorer. Um, so I, I, I love that. I love that he's had to learn how to play off ball and that he's kind of learned how to kind of find a role on a really, really great Duke team. My D NBA comparison is Jason Tatum. Another um, Dukey. Another Duke guy. Uh, you know, the knock on Jason Tatum is that, you know, he didn't play much defense at Duke. Uh, knock on Cam Reddish is he's not really playing that much defense at Duke. Uh, Jason Tatum goes to the Celtics and has been pretty solid on defense under Brad Stevens. So defense is something that, Nick, you and I agree on. It's an effort thing. Yes, and and, and so I, I I have no doubt that Cam Reddish will, thr uh, will thrive and, and flourish at the NBA level. Um, I like the Jason Tatum comparison a lot. It is absolutely an effort thing, and it's a one-two thing. I mean, we, we're Knicks fans. There were times when Carmelo, anytime he'd go up against LeBron or he'd go up against Kobe, go up against these premier scorers, where you're like, "Yo, Melo played defense like that." Nah, it's just because he wants to. He wants to show out. Dude, even think about it when you play pickup, right? One of your boys is talking mad shit. You're like, yo, now I'm going to put the clamps on him. And you play mad good D. But, like, there's other times where it's quiet. Like, you don't play defense. You so shoot it the is, three. Yeah, shoot it, the three. You can shoot the three. Yeah, just pull up, you know, little Jimmy from the corner. All right. 
You mentioned something about uh, the clutch, right? Most notable Florida State. Also had a big shot against Louisville also. Uh, what about Joe Johnson? Same build. You know, 6'8", six, 6'8", eight, six, eight, roughly like a 5-6 pound difference as I pull up uh, Joe Johnson's uh, box guard. 225, oh, 218 is Kim. What was Joe Johnson's nickname? Big shot. No, what was big, it? Was it? It was something... It was something related to hitting big shots. It, yeah, I think you're right. Joe Johnson nickname. Let's pull that up as we're doing that. But here, this, this is what I'm saying, right? Um, the thing with Joe Johnson was that, you know, coming out. I saw Joe. I saw Joe. That's right. That's right. Um, you know, so the thing with Joe Johnson, coming in, his field goal percentage was not that great coming out of um, – actually, early in the league, he shot pretty well when he was over at Arkansas. But – you know, a way better three-point shooter than Cam Reddish. The build is the same. Uh, two guys that can be potentially good perimeter defenders, which is what you need, that 3 and D guy. It feels like every successful team has one guy that they can count on. And I think, like, the clutch, it, it does seem like Joe Johnson was always there for big shots. Cam Reddish seemed to be the go-to guy when they needed a big bucket, even if it yeah. was, like, one thing with Cam Reddish, too, the the handful of times that I watched Duke, uh, I'm, I'm not going to be over here flaunting my college basketball knowledge because I, I don't really watch it much. But the times that I did watch, man, he's a run stopper. Yes. Team comes in on a, like a 9-0 run and momentum's about to shift and he'll hit a big shot. I think that's clutch also. Yeah. And what I love about Cam Reddish is he's not afraid to shoot. He's not afraid to miss. He'll go... My roommate Matt has a saying. It's like he'll go one for twenty before he goes zero for nine. He's not afraid to shoot. Yeah. And so, when you're a scorer, when you're a bucket getter, you can't be afraid to put the ball in the hoop. You can't be afraid to shoot. And so I love that he he like he will he will remain confident no matter what you know. And you need that at the next level. You need to kind of have that killer instinct. And and so, yeah, I I, I love the I love the ISO Joe Johnson comparison for sure. All right, next guy we have on our list is Jarrett Culliver. It's my guy, man. These guard. next two guys, these next two guys are my guys. Yeah. Um, guard yeah, from Texas I, Tech. Yeah. Um, combo guy, combo wing. Um, all right, so look, I'm gonna be very honest with you. Just like how you mentioned, you don't watch, you know, you only watched a handful of Duke games. I probably watched a handful of Texas Tech, Texas Tech games, if that. Um, but I do kind of rely on a few guys in the industry that I love, and one of them is Mike Schmitz. Um, and he says Jared Culliver is probably the most improved basketball player in college. He went from 11 points per game last year to 18 this year. Um, and I love two-way players, you know that. And Culliver is one of the guys who will get 20 and guard your best player. Um, and that's something that is so very underrated, in my opinion. Uh, really good passer. Um, he can ISO you. He could score on the shoot uh, on the catch and shoot. He can ISO you. He can score in a system. Um, my comparison is Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler can kind of post up and, and shoot over the smaller guards and wings, um, you know, or he can kind of be a little bit faster than an under, than an, than an undersized big. Um, I love the Jimmy Butler comparison. Uh, and if Jared, and if Jared Culver turned into Jimmy Butler, a team, you know, like the Bulls or maybe a team like the Hawks, uh, that would be a really nice fit for, for a guy like Jared Culver, a guy that could do a lot, guard your best player and give you 20. Yeah. I also think, um, the Jimmy Butler thing, right? It goes back to what we were saying before, how you got to be patient with these dudes. Dude, yes. Jimmy Butler, when he first came into the league, if you remember those series that he would play against the Heat, 
Thibodeau would be like, yo, you're going to play 47 to 48 minutes. Like Jimmy Butler literally earned his spot on the team by just being phenomenal defensively. And then you develop over time a jump shot and an offensive game. And that's exactly yeah. what happened with Jimmy Butler. Yeah. Um, for me, I'm going with Chris Middleton. Nice. Um, I'm not as high on him as you are. Like he's not flashy and it might be me just like not falling for the, you know, I, I fall for like the glamour and the glitz and the highlight yep. reels. Like he, he's solid, which is what Middleton is. He, he's not flashy, but he's just solid. Like he's a guy that's going to play 10 years in the NBA. And for, for sure. me, I, I always say that it's like, yo, longevity. I think that's, that's a big part of your success and you being a good player is. I, I agree. It's longevity is key, especially if you're a top five, top seven, top 10 player. I just like the progression. I like the fact that this guy Schmitz is, is someone that I really, I value his opinion very much. And I like the fact that he believes he was the most improved player. And, and it shows when you're scoring seven to eight more points per game from one season to the next, there are three seed in the NCAA title. Uh, and I keep saying that there are three seed in the NCAA tournament right now. Um, and, and, and he can kind of do it all score in transition, you know, hit the open shot, shoot over smaller wings. I'm a big fan of Jared Culver's game. I, I even said it to you in text, man. If the Knicks somehow land the third pick, you know, I, and, you know, and kind of, you know, you know, their luck, you know, I, I wouldn't be mad if they traded back a couple slots and picked uh, uh, Jared Culver and picked up a pick or two extra. Mm-hmm. Um, and also this next guy that we're going to chat about, too. I wouldn't be wouldn't be mad at all uh, if we drafted this guy. Yeah, and he's a sophomore too, which a lot of times it seems like if you're not a freshman and you're declaring, there's something and, wrong with you. And and I and I understand that if you're not a freshman nowadays and you're not if you're not getting drafted as a freshman, there's something wrong. But like I said, just kind of quickly going back to the progression thing, like he's improved a lot from season one to season two, and it's not like he's a senior. It's not yeah. Like, you know, it's not like he's a 21 year old, which is so crazy to say that 21 year old is old. 21 yeah. is old, but nonetheless, I, I hear what you're saying for sure, without a doubt. All right, of all the ones that we did, I think this is the one where I feel the most confident in this comparison. So I'm going to lead this one off. DeAndre Hunter from Virginia, number mm-hmm. one seed Virginia. Yep. You ready for this one? Yep. Kawhi Leonard. That's a good one. I I would have used Kawhi Leonard if you didn't, and so I have another comparison, but I love it. I would have went Kawhi if you didn't. So they're both not elite as uh, dribblers. And off the dribble, but they're like solid, like we said. Kawhi, I'd give him a tick better, like Kawhi. But coming into the league, right, he's exactly like how Kawhi was. You line up their numbers, Kawhi was way better defensively, but everything else is pretty much the same. And I would even say DeAndre Hunter is a better shooter than what Kawhi was. Kawhi coming in, I really yes. think that Kawhi Leonard became the star he did because of the system he was in um, San, Antonio. San Antonio. Good yes. system over in Virginia. Virginia doesn't really have those like. They don't get Zion Williamson's and no. Jason Tatum's. They get these guys that are like, they're going to play three, four years over there for the most part, right? Um, and DeAndre Hunter, man, I just think that he's he's going to come in probably one of the more NBA-ready guys, I think. And he has, like, he's coachable too. That's what um, Tony Bennett has said about him, which mm-hmm. I like also. So I think that this is this is probably my favorite one. And he shoots at a high percentage too, so... Yeah. I like DeAndre Hunter as Kawhi Leonard. So, like I said, I would have went Kawhi Leonard if you didn't. So I'm gonna go Paul George. Um, so right now, DeAndre Hunter at six seven two thirty guards one through five in college, and he'll probably project to be able to guard one through four at the NBA level, which is super duper impressive. ACC Defensive Player of the Year. Um, he's super versatile on offense. 
Uh, he can get you in transition. He's really good on the catch and shoot. Uh, I have here, he's 40% from three, which is kind of insane, right? Um, he can kind of shoot over the smaller guys just like Culver, but then he can also kind of play bully ball against the small guys uh, as well. Um, solid with the handle as well, something that which is important. That's something that Kawhi kind of developed after the fact. Like Kawhi got really good with the ball in his hand as his career developed. You watch Kawhi on Toronto, he can kind of great create his own shot. That wasn't the case earlier on. Um, but DeAndre Hunter at this point in time can create his own shot because of his handle. Um, a little bit of a shot creator, which I like. Um, and then good good feel for the game I have here. Just like um, tends to make the right pass at the right time. Um, like you said, Virginia doesn't have studs, right? They don't have any of these like top five guys in the draft. But they do have some solid shooters. Um, and he tends to make the right pass at the right time. Um, and so I like the Paul George comparison because of his versatility. Um, so, you know, on a defense and offense. Similar to Culver and, and, and DeAndre Hunter are, are, are kind of similar the players. same player, yeah. Yeah, they're very similar. Um, and both guys are, are, are going to be very valuable at the next level without a doubt. So um, DeAndre Hunter, 6'7", 230, um, ACC player, defensive player of the year, um, Paul George for, for me. Man, I can't believe – talking about Paul George, dude. I got the Western Conference playoffs. I can't believe they're the seven seed. They Like, yo, Russ, man. Russ went to his old ways. It's a, it's as if that Utah Jazz fan triggered him. And, like, he's just shooting – yo, he's shooting 27 times per game now. Ending – going yeah. into the, the All-Star break, and one of the reasons why I loved Paul George for an MVP candidate, and I thought he was the MVP at the time, was because it, it seemed like Russ realized, like, yo, for me to take the next step – to win a playoff series, which I haven't done since Durant left. And last year we lost as a favorite against Utah. I need to defer to this guy. You know, he he's more, Paul George has been more clutch. He's been the better, he's been one of the better players. He's all NBA first team, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, I know we've also had that debate. We'll save that for, for a later episode. But sure. it's like, yo, this guy is just like gun gun crazy, man. Same shit, just shooting, shooting, shooting. Um, yeah. All right, rant over on the Thunder. Um, no, I'm, dude, they, they, you know, a lot of people picked, a lot of people pegged him as the one team that could kind of give Golden State a, a, a you know a fit, and you know I stand by you know Houston being the only team in the West that can give Golden State a fit, but it's it, it's 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 a bit disappointing. So your rant is 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 well uh, you know well received for me at least. Yeah, let me tell you something. If the Rockets play the Warriors in the Western Conference Finals, we might need to put some money up. I think this. I think the Rockets are way better this year than they were last year, despite what the record shows. And, you know, you're looking right now, they're 18 games worse than what they finished last year. Yeah. So if they can get to that 50 that fifty game mark, I think that's going to be huge, especially with losing Chris Paul for all that time and Capella. Yeah. All right, man. I uh, hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Uh, at Veterans Minimum, we've already given our handle. So at Veterans Minimum, follow that. Send us your player comps. Tell us what you think. Which ones do you guys agree with? Which ones do you disagree with? For sure. And you know what? We'll catch you on the NFL episode, everybody. Yes. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? 
Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.